0: And then I realized that, hey, this is consuming me. If I, if I can't give a customer 100%, I can't do it. You know? so, and, and my dreams were were to try to want to race a pro stop. That was, that was my goals.
1: It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA class racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com email today at gmail.com. This is episode 45 of the Class Racing Today podcast. And don't forget, um, you can help support the show. If you go to classracingtoday.com, you can click the donate button and uh, join a few people who have started that process of making this show uh, better by helping to support it with their dollars. Uh, Thank you to Brett Sarbaugh and Mike Cotton for their donations uh, as we've started this process. Also, we want to thank Kenwood Welding and Metalizing in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Kenwood Welding and Metalizing has been offering quality welding services for all processes and all materials since 1932. Brian, it's almost Christmas. It is. What's happening? Oh,
2: just getting ready for the holidays. A little snow on the ground. I don't like it, but (laughs) we live here and I don't like heat and I don't really like (laughs) humidity. So, hey. I like the seasons. It's all right, Bobby. Are you gonna? What are you asking Santa for, Bobby?
1: Oh, hold on. Wait, just a second. Say that again. <laughs> we missed it. Say it again.
3: I'm wishing for my guest to build me an engine and have it delivered, right? <laughs> you know, sneak it through the chimney, wrapped in a bow, little note card that says, "Add some weight." Well, you got. It'll go. It'll go 150 under
2: you got a horsepower reduction you can't be complaining that was what you got
3: (laughs) i sure did that's what happens when you struggle like that so i'm enjoying all actually i didn't get it i didn't run that combo this year so uh somebody else got it for me
2: i'm enjoying all the uh comments on that on the post and thanks for everybody for being part of that it's it's pretty entertaining on the automatic horsepower deal I still think the best thing to do, let's get rid of the one twenty, one thirty thing. Just get rid of the whole system. Leave Mineshaft in there. Take the top 10 fastest runs from each combo twice a year. Review it. If you're over 90, it gets horsepower. If you're under 70, it gets reduced. Boom. Simple.
3: Simple. Did you suggest that on, the, uh, <laughs> on that thread the other day? There was a thread out there there was an argument or or people were bouncing ideas for like 12 straight hours. And then NHRA made a change last night that I don't think anybody proposed that idea, but that's the one that they went with where the new mineshaft rule in stock is the first car. And the second half of the field has to be 95 under for it to be considered a mineshaft super stock remains 85 under.
2: Yeah, I think, and then you just qualify an extra 10 cars more than they're going to let in get rid of i don't know who cares how fast you go let's go wide open all the time let's have fun
3: well that was also remember i presented that to lonnie the other day however um there is a caveat to that also cars that are slower like i mean i qualified dead last at the at the nationals at maple grove in stock uh, going about four under or whatever it was i've they say that the slower cars won't even enter and then the car counts you know if you take 80 and qualify 64 say you won't have the car count anyway but i don't know i probably would still enter and just and just try to get lucky or or just see what what happens ice it oil it and see if i can get in
2: well the difference too is the horsepower is actually going to be effective the cars that are way underrated are going to get more horsepower the cars that are overrated are going to get reduced and it's going to average itself out too
3: yeah well the main idea was to entice people to go fast there is no incentive to go fast right now there's no money for setting records there's really not much money for winning class there's no points which i think there should be points for winning class points for top qualifiers incentivize going fast and try to i don't know get more heads ups i guess that would require more more running of class at certain well events but that's a story for another time
2: here in d5 let's just give grade points to the number one qualifier (laughs) an extra grade point Which is really all the incentive you would need because that's going to save you like, what, thousand bucks. Pretty good incentive to go fast.
3: Well, I heard of a uh, a few little perks that Lucas Oil is going to start doing, but uh, we're waiting for that big announcement uh, January 1st or after, after the uh, new year. I believe they're going to make an announcement that's going to help benefit sportsmen racing with uh, a little bit better payouts. And um, we will, uh, that's all. I'm at liberty to say right now.
2: It sure so, it sure you. seems like there's been a lot of good changes since we started this podcast, Bobby.
3: Yeah, it changes my bad luck into good luck. And I want a national <laughs> event. What else happened?
2: The mine shaft changes. We're bringing more money in from Lucas Oil. Like, we're the driving factor of unifying. We're like the stock, super stock union.
3: Yeah, we'll you're right. I'll take that. File like your that. complaints with the
2: the the team leaders and... We'll put it in front of people that know and look, changes are happening. I
3: guess, I guess we can take credit for that. You're right. You're right. We can also, uh, credit the podcast for helping us meet famous people like our guest today. You know, I've heard a lot of
2: good things about this guy, (laughs) but never actually met him. But when I was at Brainerd, he was all the talk. So I'm excited.
3: Was it good talk or bad talk? (laughs)
2: Well, you never know when you're in the Holtz pit, but I thought it was all pretty good.
3: Then <laughs> it had to be good. The Holtz, they, uh, are quite a family. And I do believe that this gentleman provides them with some power. So let's, uh, introduce him and waste no time. We are, uh, talking about our now five-time NHRA world champion. Uh, he just decided to race this year and, and, and win. So, uh. He hasn't won a championship since 1994. I was about 10 years old, 11 actually. And um, now he's uh, showed his dominance this year. He shows how fast he can go. And on top of all that, he's like a heck of a nice guy. So let's give it up for Greg Stanfield. Greg, how you doing?
0: Doing good, Bobby. How you guys doing?
3: Doing great. Thank you for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. And tell Aaron Stanfield, we appreciate him setting you up there with the, uh, computers and iPhones and microphones and pads and et cetera.
0: He takes care of all the computer stuff for me, for this old guy.
3: <laughs> so Greg, you had a tremendous year this year. You came out firing. Um, you got in your, your car that you guys call what old, old red or something old like red. that. Yep. That's yes, our red. Old red. Yep. And, uh, that's an, an 87 Camaro right. and. What what engine? Uh, saw, what what combo were you running in that car?
0: Um, I have to ask Jeff Dona on that. I just drive it. All
3: right.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a flat top three fifty, Bobby. I don't. I think it's like maybe a ninety model that we claim. Uh, Jeff Dona is really involved in, in in our super stock racing. Once I got out of super stock and, and went pro stock truck and pro stock, I kind of got away from you know what was going on. And, and when I came back, I was like overwhelmed with you know like you're, you're saying the the horsepower and the indexing and all the different classes so you know back when i run everybody had a carburetor on and you know there's about four or five combinations and, and and that was it and when i come back it was like holy cow look at this you know just a lot of different combinations so um jeff i, I, I built jeff's engines you know from back in the 90s so i continued my relationship with him and and when i uh, bought bought my car back um I want to restore it for Aaron and uh, I just give it to Jeff and said, Hey Jeff, I said, help me out here. Cause it's way past me on what's, you know, today's standards on, on everybody's combination. So Jeff's been a big support on
3: that. All right. So, so for your 90 Camaro, or you run that 90, I think that's like what the L 98 combo or something that they all say, I do believe it's got hit with horsepower. Um, you were going pretty fast. You were qualifying number one, you know, when it, when it suited you, which any smart person would do, if you can get that first round buy, right?
0: Absolutely. I'm a firm believer in that. If you can, you know, if you're, if you're trying to chase the win, you know, at the, at the time, and everybody today, Bobby, as you know, they're, they're extremely well. I mean, everybody has great equipment and, and any run, you know, you can lose. So your window of opportunity is, is small in today's time. So I've always, you know, if there's a chance where I could get myself on a ladder on the side where there's a possible buy run to get, you know, a a round under my belt, you know, because, you know, sometimes you don't run the whole race in one day. So there is a lot of first rounds, um, that you have to race whether it's Friday, Saturday or Sunday, whatever the days are. So I I think that's a big help, you know, being able to run fast and and have the opportunity for that.
3: Yeah, no, I would do it if, you know, if it, (laughs) if the situation presented itself. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the car. So I'm sure you're building, you, you build the engines then, um, what kind of transmission, you know, torque converter, things like that. What else is in this car?
0: The the car was originally built by East Texas Race Cars, Vic Custer, built the car back in the late 80s. Um, it's got a Cohen transmission in it with an ATI converter. Um, our Our in-house engine is in it. You know, the boys boys here Aaron and the boys really do all the work on the stuff. I do very little here today other than just, you know, gripe at him so. <laughs> but it's uh it's 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 been fun, you know, to to do this with Aaron and and uh, I never intended just you guys. I never intended on running for a championship. It was a deal where, you know, Aaron's been the one pushing for me to come out and race and you know, he goes, "Hey, old man, you're too good just be sitting around watching and helping everybody. Cuz he you let's get you back in the car and you know I, I i've enjoyed it you know racing with everybody but i also enjoy helping everybody else
2: maybe it was just a convenient way to get you out of the shop more often
0: i think i think that's his master plan is to 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 keep me away from them
2: <laughs> hey this would be a really great idea you know just leave a week early you know you want to rest up and get a feel for the place yeah, and...
0: yeah. that's that's definitely his uh you know he 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 when Aaron started racing, you know, I was like, you know, "Okay, I'm, I think I'm gonna hang my helmet up and just help him and and help You know, we got a pretty pretty close knit team here with with Craig and uh, Tim Snively, Arthur Combs, Stephen Bell, everybody. Everybody that's you know, we got our little little guys we hang out with, and um, it's been cool to see each one of them be able to pull the wally. So that's been big.
3: You know, we have a good story about you and Craig. Uh, Craig Galtieri, who had a, a really nice, what blue, uh, Cavalier, I think it was, and he crashed at Dallas and you two would have met in the final. And, you know, you ended up winning that race. You split the Wally in half, right? You got a, (laughs) you got a marker and and you wrote a line down the center and, uh, and you wrote what, I guess your name on one side and Craig's name on the other. That was really cool. Craig you even mentioned that you you asked uh, uh, Trey Caps about potentially maybe you guys could run that final at a later time. So um, that was really cool too. Can you can you speak to that at all that that day? Um,
0: I did ask Trey for us to you know run it at the next Lucas Hall race in our division if we could find him another car. You know when, when that whole deal went down that we were actually you know contemplating on like you know me not racing the you know rest of the year and just since Craig's car since he wrecked so. Um, luckily, uh, Jeff found him a car and we got him a car put together, but, um, and got him back running quick, quicker than we thought we could. And, uh, Trey would not adhere me, you know, racing, you know, trade uh, or Craig in another race, you know, for the win. so I guess once, once the date is done on that race, they like to close the books on it if they can. So that's, that's what happened. That was a great gesture. though. Well. Craig's a great guy. And he, he, he really a new racer to the sport and I enjoy helping him grow and get better. Um, so that's, that's been a blast helping him and along with other racers, you know, if anybody ever, never needs advice, my or if I'm there and and if I can, you know, help anybody I'm there to help.
3: Yeah. That's what we've been told. Uh, Craig has obviously told us that you, your knowledge is, I mean, <clears throat> I know you have tons of it they always speak highly of you and your willingness to help other racers. So now, I mean, with with your son running factory stock and pro stock and top dragster too, right? Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean, are these all engines that you are building and have to crank out for him for all three of these cars? And, and I guess you're helping crew on all these cars and then you were driving at the same time. So you really, you did a lot this year
0: not to say i'm a little tired after the year though <laughs> but we don't we don't do the pro stock deal that's pretty much just aaron goes over there and, and hops in a car and drives there's you know as much as aaron has going on here with the factory showdown class and, and all the sportsman guys he helps um with the amount of people we have it just it would be impossible for us to try to you know do the pro stock as well uh the, the elite group's done a great job on on giving him a, a fast hot rod and you know keeping him competitive so that, that's been that's been a good experience for him. It's something he's always wanted to do. Um, and that, that class is brutally hard, you know, and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of man time. So, um, he is, he is the lucky one that gets to set in a seat and enjoy it over there.
2: What are, you, what are your thoughts on the factory stock? Like are you guys looking at building the experimental or going you know, to stay out of that one?
0: We do have a car on order for the factory X. Um, I, I think that class is going to be going to be a big class. I'm I'm happy with what um, Lonnie and Ned has put into you know trying to lift it off the ground. It's it's been it's been in the makings for for quite some time, and I think if they can keep keep the reins on it, where you know they keep it, as where the where the money doesn't rule it, which it seems like in an all-out performance class, money always seems to rise to the top. So if they can keep some of the the stuff. You know, where the cost is not getting out of control. I think it'll help. You know, and and I think the manufacturers are going to really like this because they're going to be able to relate to their cars, the engines they have. You know, you can buy them online. So I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of upside to to this class. You know, in the future, as, far as OEM wise, um, the pro stock deal has been great. It's sustained all these years. Um, I'm still a pro stock guy by heart. Um, But I think in today's time, um, I think nobody really can relate to a 500-inch motor uh, in a car or a Chevy motor in a Dodge car or or vice versa. I mean, and and I realize the reason why they did all all that stuff is try to keep the class alive. But I think what you're going to see here in this new class is, you know, you're going to have a lot more engine builders come along and and, and compete, a a lot more drivers um it's not such a, a a niche um i mean you can call ford you can get the engine you can call gm you can get the engine you can call Chrysler and get that so there's a lot of different avenues that opens doors up for you know other people to be able to come in and compete i think that's the the biggest thing for this thing to to prosper and get bigger and, and uh, be better for everybody
2: can you elaborate some on how they're how it'll keep the price down i guess i find that just kind of curious what your thoughts are well, there, just, what are they just, doing just for me to
0: give you me to me to help you guys and help the public um i i i raised pro stock and, and and i'm helping aaron with this factory showdown the cost of the engines are half the cost literally half the cost and with the rules that we have um are going to keep us in a box so you know the mandate they have on the cylinder heads the mandate they have on the blowers the mandate they have on the products you can put inside that engine eliminate the people with, with, you know, the money, in other words, the, the, the biggest banking accounts to, to, to hire the people to, to take it to the to, to get creative, you know, and which I love creativity when it comes to, to building engines. But if you if you keep things in a box to where we don't have big dollars tied up in cylinder heads and big dollars tied up in shocks, and um, you, you're going to see other people want to race it where, you know, just say, it, it say if you guys want to come race the class, Um, You don't have to buy $20,000 pair of shocks, or you don't have to buy, you know, these elaborate solar heads or, you know, all these elaborate parts. So I think that part of it is going to help this class survive.
3: Well, Greg, can you speak on, all right, in in pro stock, there's no Fords, okay? They kind of left. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think Ford really backs it much, but they weren't competitive when they were there. In factory stock, Ford's, you know, the Cobra Jet was very prevalent, and now they are going away um uh, so in this fx class what is it that nhra is has to do or has to not do to keep that from happening like you just said they're letting they're putting band-aids on things they're letting you run a chevy and a dodge and they're they're doing things to sustain the class but what was the root of the of the problem that needed to be addressed
0: well and in, in, in pro stock it's it's hard to you know the everybody that pretty much ran the gm engines were you know such great talent you know that excelled over you know the other manufacturers. Um, the the Chrysler engine, the Hemi engine, which was what the Ford had, that particular platform was a extremely high higher RPM engine. You know, being a Hemi hemispherical head, nor was a Hemi head, so that engine inherently wanted to run extremely high. So when they mandated an RPM limit, that pretty much excluded those those engine platforms, um, and 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 I think those rules, you know, today if they could be reversed, I think they would be looked at, you know, but those guys were gone. I, I think the trick Bobby is is, is cuz you got to keep these guys around before they leave. You know, and, and 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 it's all about, you know, I understand when you when you have different engine platforms like the Ford Coyote, which is an overhead cam, which is a superior engine, you know, compared to the to the wedge-style GM head um, which the, you know, in my opinion, is probably the weakest platform of the three manufacturers. But that being said, if we have parity and we use our head, right, and we, and we talk to the engine builders, um, and, and, and they have a pretty decent, um, what I would call, equation, mathematical equation on how fast these cars, but at the end of the day, I still think they need to talk to key engine builders that build these engines to know that, hey, this is, this is all the horsepower we have. In other words, so you need to, you know, try to keep the parity amongst us. But the, the Ford Coyote engine, um, I think is a great platform. And I, and I think this new class, you're going to see more people race it. Um, we, we have a customer that's going to, going to race a Ford and support it in full. Actually, we have two customers that's going to come back and race Fords, even in the factory showdown and the, the factory act. So I think, I think once we do that and we can keep the parity amongst everybody and not just drop the hammer really quick, um, I, I think it survives. You know, and that takes communication and transparency between NHRA and the racer. Um, that's what it's going to take for our sport to grow and live. Because um, you know the days of, of us having a hundred pro stock cars or forty, you know, are gone because it's it's just it's just not there. But if we can get the OEMs involved and um, I, and I think these younger generation guys can 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 relate to that. No, they can relate to the the engines. Um, you know, when you when you know, I've got one of these pro stock engines sitting here, and all these young guys come through here, they they don't have a clue what they're looking at. But they, when they look at that coyote engine over there, they're going, "Wow, that's that's what that's what's in my Mustang." You know, so it's I think that's it's going to take that, Bobby, for this to prosper. And I've been pushing hard just you guys behind the scenes to to get this off the ground.
3: Okay. So then my next question was going to be, is NHRA been consulting people like yourself and when they created this class, they, it sounds like they consulted engine builders then.
0: I, I, I feel like they have, I, I've talked to him a lot. I'm not going to be say the one I you know wrote the rules, but I, I've just given my input and I, and I think they've listened to a lot of different racers on, on inputs, um, on, on how they want to try to construct this class and, and get the manufacturers involved and. I mean, I, I think that the, the the great theory behind this, you know, and a lot of people don't want to see the electric cars coming, but they can take the same chassis and put the, you know, the electric motors in these chassis because they'll be light enough, you know, and they have to be safe enough. Um, that's going to come at some point. I don't know when because they're going to have to do a lot of work, in my opinion, to get the batteries to discharge the energy so they don't have to have 400 batteries in these cars. That's just, that's my opinion on the study I've done. So, um, I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, if, if we can bring new racers to our sport, if I can help do that,
3: you know, then it works. Yeah. It sounds like, so the FX will be an exhibition this year. And then I do think there's going to be an electric vehicle exhibition following year. So in 2023, mm-hmm. so yeah, it is coming. Um, I mean, just, just talking, uh, at PRI, at uh, the Ford performance, uh, booth i mean those guys there they were talking about it too but you know they're not too happy about it coming either but it just it it is and, and we have to embrace it and maybe try and get out in front of it um and uh you know if it grows nhra then then so be it i mean that's the whole point that was the whole point of us creating this podcast was to grow nhra specifically stock and super stock but to use stock and super stock as an avenue to grow nhra come and see this car show of cars doing wheelies. Everybody's heard me talk about that a hundred times. And, um, that's, that's all why we're here. So I'm glad you that guys, you're in. You, guys are, doing really a
0: great, you also. guys are doing a great job, Bobby. I enjoy watching you guys' podcast. It's, it's pretty cool to see you guys try to help, you know, the movement of, of getting more people involved and, and educating them on, on what you guys do. I mean, it's, a, I think if, if more people can see what you, you know, what you're trying to do, it's going to help the sport get bigger.
2: Yeah, I even saw this weekend uh, there was a post from my has actually changed some of their street classes to allow like for the Teslas and that stuff. So they're even trying to expand the market. I mean, they're they're out there. We're not going to change it, you know. I don't want to be like the old guy. Oh, I am never having fuel injection. You know, that's it's you just got to keep transitioning whether we like it or not. And by opening it up and not being so inclusive, it's only going to grow everything. So, you know, even IHRA or IHRA is making changes you know, at some of our local tracks so they can run the uh, Teslas and cars like that. And, you know, even like the demons and the Hellcats are getting fast enough now where they're kind of missing out on that street car side of things, which isn't what we do. But if we want people, I mean, most people aren't dumb enough like me and just starting stock, super stock. I mean, they gotta, you gotta get a taste. And if it's going down the track and your Tesla or whatever you want to call it, Hey, you know, welcome to the club.
0: I think it, I think it opens up doors. You know, give you a prime example, Arthur Cone. Arthur Cohn. Um, he used to race, you know, the Hellcats and all that stuff, you know, street racing stuff. And and once he got to a drag race, and once he's seen like the factory showdown cars and the stock and super stock, and that's what's that's what'll happen when they open the doors up and let other people come in, is they'll see other opportunities. It's not just electric vehicle you can race, you know. The internal combustion engine I think is going to be here for years past our time uh, before it's completely completely exited out. So. I think it'll it'll open doors up and let other people you know come come enjoy our sport.
2: And there's probably some technology. I mean, who knows the? I don't want to call him a geek, but the computer dork that shows up in his Tesla might have a better wheel bearing design, or might have a different component that he can bring and and grow everybody in the sport. You know, you never know where the next where the next is going to come from. You know, I don't know if you'll see
0: I, it. I, I've been a firm believer you can learn from anybody at any time, anywhere. I mean, I learn from these young guys here in the shop every day. I don't tell them that, but I, I learn from them. So, and, and, and that's, I, I think that might open doors up for a lot of things. And, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of old racers, put myself, well, I don't want an electric car. I can't hear the engine running and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's the fact if we can get them in our sports, those, those people, they're going to see that there's other things they can race. You know, the factory showdown, the stock eliminator. Um, It'll bring more people to our sport. There's so many different venues today um, other than NHRA, and I I think that's what NHRA needs to pay attention to, is we we have to take care of the people we have. Um, We need to be transparent. We need to listen and work with them.
3: I I think it would be great if Tesla got involved, though. I mean, talk about an egomaniac. Like Elon is. Musk, like if he finds out that uh, about NHRA and how hey my Tesla could go up against these other EVs and I could He'll win and just look cool and stroke my ego, why wouldn't that guy want to get involved? I mean he, like he's got the money, so uh get your proposal together, right. Bobby. Get that thing to him,
0: Bobby.
2: Him. Bobby, you know if Elon comes in like we're really changing the game it's all us because i guarantee fox news has never talked about elon coming drag racing so the one thing we could learn from the tesla guys and i don't care who you are out there everybody racing today has forgotten to unplug their battery charger so that's what we're gonna learn from tesla unplug before you get in the car
3: <laughs> oh god don't get me started on that yeah but um greg let's go back to your race season here for a second so you came out firing you won a couple races and then if memory serves me right, didn't you take, like, a few months off? Like, did you did you just, like, take a long break? Well, and... the,
0: the, the agreement I have or Aaron has with me, and he goes, Dad, look, when, when I'm racing the showdown class, I need your help. Um, so a lot of times he'll, he'll be racing pro stock and the factory showdown. So that that consumes him a lot because he he tunes all of his cars, you know, his, his customer cars. So he's he's really busy. And if I can just take some of the, you know, the, the pressure off of him as far as, um, working with Connor and David and, and, you know, keeping the cars ready where he can just basically put his tune up in it and, and hop in and go. So that's kind of our agreement when he runs a showdown cars, I, I try not to race those races and, um, and I really don't like racing when it's hot. So I try to race early and late. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now that reminds me, you are from Bossier city, Louisiana, correct? That's that's where I ended up.
0: I'm an Air Force brat. My my, my family, my dad and his brothers were all military people, and, and he retired here at Barksdale Air Force Base. So originally, for, we're from uh, Bristol, Tennessee, Bluff City, Tennessee, is where where our roots are from, which is right outside the the racetrack at Bristol. So that's that's where our roots are from. But we ended up here in, in Berger City uh, when he retired from the Air Force, and all of us, all of my siblings were in school. My mom said, "We're not moving. We're going to finish school." And, this is where we're staying, and this is where we ended up.
2: at. So, was he a car guy or a racer, or how did you get into it?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. He he started racing back in the late fifties. Him and my uh, my uncle. So they were they were my heroes back in the day when when I, were, when, you know, I was growing up and watching them race. So they they're the ones that got it started. They they uh, fought through a lot of wars and uh, they they enjoyed working on cars when they got got out of the military. So that's that's how it all got started.
2: When did you start? Like do you remember
0: my first time down the racetrack was 1979 when i was 14. that was my
3: very first hold on a second. <laughs> i mean he's got a picture he's got it yeah he's got something here there you go guys we we got you a grand tour know, you're draw. gonna you're gonna get a kick out of this Wait, look at that yeah wow, jody, jody,
2: jody
0: lang's that's
3: got prescott.
0: that's prescott arkansas
3: Yep. What year? What model? 1980.
0: 65 Chevelle wagon, 283 Rochester Power Glide, all 13 seconds of that beast. <laughs>
3: what did that, was that a, a stock eliminator? Oh, stock automatic. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: O-stock mm-hmm. automatic. That was the first race car I got to race, uh, was a station wagon. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, back then, everybody, you know, wanted those style of cars because of suspension. You know, they hooked up better. So they didn't have ladder bars or slapper bars and that stuff, you know the lead spring cars. So that's that's what everybody tried to race and you know, stuff like that back then.
2: Just a lot of so, steel over the rear wheel.
0: A lot of steel. I was a little dude in that big old car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you guys go like no. every weekend or was it, how would you go?
0: I, let me tell you guys, if I didn't get the race every weekend, I was pouting and 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 he, he you know my dad made a deal with me he goes look he goes kid he goes if you if you bring home good grades and and you and you do what we ask you to do and, and you and you stay out of trouble we'll, we'll go racing so that's kind of he uh, every weekend we'd be bracket racing or class racing wherever we could go and race you know i can remember you know back when he raced when i was little he'd race on a wednesday night a thursday night or friday night and saturday night and sunday he'd race, they would race four times back in those days at different tracks so
3: well, they always say a lot of understanding from the from your mom and and you said there was a, a family with a lot of kids right
0: a lot of kids i have an older brother mike which has been a big influence on, on my racing career he's he's been by my side the whole time um and my i have a sister that lives in alabama but my mother's been through this whole thing with my dad and me and now we and so she's she's we call her mimi so she's uh She's the boss of the family here. She's at the chop shop every day, which is really cool. We keep her going.
2: Well, they always say as a parent, like your kids magnify. Like whatever you are, your parents are that times two or three. So that's probably why Aaron's <laughs> racing three cars now then. So
0: Yeah, if he could race five, he would. You know, just, just so you guys know, on on Aaron, I, I didn't push the racing on him when he was growing up because I I wanted him to, to make his own decisions. So you know, during in high school, he played sports and all that stuff. And, and he kept coming to the shop, kept coming to shop. And at the time, I was pro stock racing, so I was extremely busy. And and, and my wife, she she did a great job on, on raising those kids because a lot of times I was extremely busy. busy. So, And, uh, and he, he kept coming. I was like, Aaron, I said, you sure you want to do this? And he goes, give me a shot at it. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I held the, the school over him. He had to bring home straight A's, and I put pressure on him like you would be like. There's no way this kid could do this, you know, to be able to race. And every time he'd like, okay, here's my report card. Can I race? You know, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess you got it, son. So that's kind of you know, and then just one thing led to another, and and uh, he uh, did the same. He graduated high school early, started college, um, and and I held the same standards through that, you know, in college, you know to be able to see if he, if he could do it and pull it off. So I never had those standards. My dad was like, Hey kid, get out here. and Let's get this motor tore apart. We got a race to go to.
2: <laughs> did he start in juniors or how, how did he work? How'd that work Aaron, out? Yeah.
0: Aaron did not. He started, um, I, I got him a 98 Camaro, little LS steel. And, and we just bracket raced it, taught him how to foot brake race. I wanted him to learn how to drive manually, you know, clutch cars. But I wanted him to understand, you know, this is just not hop in and push a button and go. So we, we, I put him in a foot brake car and, and we, we bracket race for a year or two. And, and I would actually make Aaron bracket race with the delay box guys foot brake racing. And, and, and a cool story, we, we, you know, would go do these Thanksgiving races and Christmas races, you know, the big bracket races. And, and, and one year, I think it was when he was probably 15, 16 years old, we just started driving. And we were, we were at uh, at Dallas, one of the big bracket races, and he was down to eight cars. And, and at the time, he really didn't have a clue on who he was racing or what he was doing. And and, and I looked down and said, hey, Aaron, I just want to let you know, bud, there were seven dragsters left, and you're the only car. And he looked at me, and I go, he goes, well, is that good? I said, yeah, because they have the lay boxes, and you're going off the bottom ball with a foot brake, so you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, that was a cool. And then that's how I taught him how to race, is is, is know it from front to back understand how it all works
2: how does everybody not cheer for that car like i know what our little track here when i went kind of same thing we're there and there's a guy in like a maverick with a four-speed racing in pro just like this is cool that is incredible he's one of like not only is he shifting gears and trying to i didn't even know how crazy it was to try to make a clutch work in a freaking race car at that time but i just thought that's pretty cool there's an actual car out there racing the pipe racks like it was just awesome
0: I have the utmost respect for people that race four-speed cars in and stock and super stock. Absolutely. It is incredible what those guys do and, and, and win with it. And they're just, I think that's you, Bobby, right? Didn't you achieve that? I did. Thank you. That's a, You did a great job. Appreciate
2: that. Yep. They're just really hard workers or just really crazy. And if you go to the Holtz pit, they're both.
0: <laughs> they, they go to races to have fun.
3: And they have fun, believe me
0: they have fun and they do really well they got j-rod over there they're they're great 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 people um we're, we're proud to be associated with it. we helped Sheila over their little stock set up um they they do a great job for what what they have and they're they're there for the friendships you know it's not not a deal where they have to win so they're they're winning just being there
2: yeah that that car is awesome i just love I love those cars. Everything they have is awesome. And they're just, the best part is they're just salt of the earth people. And that's, that's really cool. You know, I don't care if you're slow or fast. You just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all good people and they'll do anything to help anybody. And that's, there's not too many people I've run into in the stock, super stock deal that isn't that way. I mean, that's really neat.
0: I think that's the cool thing about the sports and racing is, is we're all, at the end of the day, we, you know, we race, we're all talking, we're trying to help each other. It's not, you know, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been on the professional side and I've been, side i'm a sportsman racer by heart all the way through um when i got on the other side of the fence as i call it where you're a professional racer um that that, that's that's a whole nother world guys it's it's you know it's a dog eat dog deal and you know you i have very little friends that i raced against you know jason being one mike everett so there's a few of them you know greg anderson probably one of my biggest rivals over there um and and you just you know you just don't have that bond you do when you have you know with the The stock and super stock guys that's 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 the part at the end of the day you'll remember
2: absolutely like i'm i'm half tempted just to take a trip down to actually go eat at lupe tortillas like when i was in fort worth i'll bet i stopped at that place five times and there's always a line and nowhere from podunk south dakota you don't have to wait in line like 30 minutes i'm not waiting that long to eat you should be able to roll in that place was packed i'm like all right everybody talks about it that's like on my family destination vacation list let's go take a trip to lupe's you know
0: and then you can swing on over here, and we'll get you some Cajun food.
2: Heck yeah, I'm trying Perfect. to get I'm trying to get J Rod to come up here Feza hunting, but he's too busy fixing all their stuff and having fun relaxing. I think
3: I think Lupe Tortilla would sound great right at the beginning of a podcast episode, don't you, Brian? I think it would be amazing. Boom, <laughs> Sheila Holt's out there. She's saying hello. Oh, you... uh, and she said y'all are so sweet we love y'all she threw two y'alls in one comment right Double don't
2: y'alls make it right
3: I'll tell you what they cheer like I, I was having uh you know a down day at the U.S. Nationals and their pit just totally brings you back to life like it, it totally revives your bad mood turns into a good mood and I'm thankful for that so that, thank you Stan and Sheila Holt that's the margarita machines cheering, cheering me up it's the margaritas it's the margaritas And they had pizza that day, too. It was wonderful. Uh,
0: Aaron claims he has to have one of the margaritas to win a race.
2: We could bottle (laughs) that. That's maybe the class racing today margarita mix by Lupe. You want to win a race like Aaron? Drink one of these.
3: And then after you win the race, what do you have to drink, Greg?
1: Uh... (laughs) Oh.
0: One of these.
2: (laughs) Oh. You should show us that. Now, we were getting a tour earlier, and I don't think we can hold it back from the many, many listeners we have. Just pan over there and show us the uh, the Bush Latte I Hall of Fame.
0: You've got to stay hydrated, guys. <laughs> Hydration is everything when it comes to racing. That's kind of a wall about some of my dad's cars. Um, that's a rendering of the uh, 69 Camaro he used to race that uh, Aaron found a few years ago, and Scott Wagner is restoring it uh, right now for us. So, kind of pan around. It's kind of our break room here. So this wall here is something my brother created. I don't know if you can see it. So each race you win, you have to drink a victory bush.
3: Look at all those victory bushes. A couple
0: of them. So, so this is me in 1986 at Indy Stock Eliminator. I don't
3: know if you can see it. Yep, class win. Event win.
0: Yep. And I actually drove for Alan Patterson one year in 1995, which was quite the experience. Glad to give me that opportunity. Thank you, Alan. Um, 1987, I raced for the Rod shop team out of Columbus, Ohio. That was a great experience. Um, Doc Dixon, Butch Leal, Dave Bortman. Dave Bortman taught me so much back then uh, about Superstock racing. He is a multi-time champion. Um, so this is um, it's kind of our place where we hang out and yell at each other.
3: Yeah, we have to get down there, Brian. I want to see that in person.
1: So, Greg, I have a question for you about uh, all the cans of beer, <clears throat> the empty cans. Um, how, how many years was it, or how many wins was it, where that can just got crushed in celebration until someone said, no, stop it, we've got to keep those pristine?
0: That was Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, save him. We got to gotta right. mark him.
1: That's crazy.
2: There's probably, when you win a race and you crush the first one, I'm guessing there's another one or two around there that you could just pick up and call the victory
1: can.
0: Oh, uh, cheating. And, and we actually, our customers, we, we make them drink a beer too. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're saying you have a ready supply?
3: <laughs> yes. Ready supply of bush and... Tons of water over there too. I see. Yep. So, fitting for every need. So, Greg, what what would you say was like after you took that long hiatus, then you came back? Did you have a key round or a key, you know, key win? What what um, what told you, hey, I I could I could win this thing?
0: I think I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, when when Craig had that wreck there, um and Dallas, it wasn't even concerned. Wasn't even on my radar. My radar and. And, and, and the boys around here pushed me to race. I mean, they're the ones pushing me to race. So I said, look, guys, I said, here's what I can't tell you. I said, when I won championships in the past, it seems like you have to have at least four wins and do really well, you know, the rest of the count. So I said, if I get three wins, okay, I'll agree to it. And which I didn't think I would ever do it. Of course, it happened. So um, that's when it all got started. And then we're like in a panic mode. Okay, where are we going to go race? Because we never had it, you know, Mapped out. We we need this many races to to finish it. So, um, I would think. I, I really I really had fun racing uh, with the Emmons boys at Noble and Dallas. You know, there was three races right there. Those 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 boys are, are incredible people. Um, great people. Great family. Um, and and they they seem to elevate your game as good as they are. So. Um, I, I think after those three races there between Noble, Dallas Nation race, I, I thought maybe there was a chance which I, I knew, I don't know, didn't know Joe at the same time but I knew he was really good and then you had Ricky Decker a lot of great racers so it's just at the end of the day you, you have to be the lucky one as I call a fortunate one to come out on top but when I won Bristol that was a milestone for me guys I, I, I've been racing there since I, I think my dad took me there in 1981 and, and I have never won there I've been a runner up like times. And for me to win there, that was huge. And especially against Jeff, you know, Jeff being the one that built this car back and, 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 racing him in the final, that was, that was huge. I, I could have mic
3: dropped it then and just left. <laughs> well, let's talk about, Al, about your runner ups. You've you said you've finished number two in the world a couple times in certain categories. Yes. Right I there. finished
0: number two in 1983 or four, if I'm not
3: mistaken in stock eliminator to Alan Peters,
0: the late Alan Peters, um, a, a really hard fought battle back then. And I, I really didn't know at the time what I was, you know, what I was really doing. So, um, that, that was a great experience. And then, um, we, we didn't get the race much, um, you know, from that point on, um, with my dad being in the military and stuff. And, and, and once he got out and retired, then, then you know, he, he took me more racing. So, and then I finished uh, really fortunate in Superstock to, to win what I've won. It seems like that's my home, that's my niche. So um, that's been a great class. And in competition eliminator, I think I finished second to Bo Nickens in 96, come down to the final round at Pomona. If I won the round, I won the championship. Um, you know, and, and the Nickens family, another, another great family. I love David, love Bo. Um, everybody was on the start line. They said Bo was crying and and it was, it was a, you know, a, a it was awesome to be a part of that. And of course I, I lost by two thousands. Oh, um, lost that championship. So, you know, I, you know, I've always said, you gotta, uh, you gotta learn how to lose before you can win. So uh, and then I, I think in 2001, I finished second to Bob Piniella in pro stock truck, um, in the national championship and then uh, 2010 against Greg Anderson. So in pro stock. So yes, in pro stock. Wow. Yeah, I know about seconds and that's okay. I mean, it's as, as, as long as you, you know, give it all you had and that's where you come up at and it, it is what it is guys. You just, you just sparked my interest
3: here. Take me back to this pro stock truck. I was just a kid in high school Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand it. I thought it was dumb. I said, why do we have trucks going down the track? We have pro stock cars. Why do I need to watch the trucks? You know, they don't even go as fast, but what was that category about? And what, what happened to it? Can you, can you give us like a little sum up? Man,
0: such a cool category. I mean, a lot of young racers, um, you know, I, I look back and, you know, uh, Randy Daniels, Bob Panella, Brad Jeter, me, uh, Jerry Haas, all these, you know, John Lingenfelter, um, such great racers and, and 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 it was a fit because it wasn't, you know, a full on out 24 race season. So, you know, a lot of business people were involved, you know, in, in, in that class. And so we, you know, we didn't have to run 24 races. So it really, you could have a job and, and still go race it. So, um, I thought it was a stepping stone to pro stock, you know. Kind of you know, stepping back and looking at it, um, taught me a lot. You know, educate. I, you know, I, I never raced a five speed uh, before I hopped in that deal and just blindfold, just jumped in. and Says we're going in head first and we're going to figure this out. You know, and um, I, I think that class, you know, ashamed a it didn't last. I don't know why it didn't last, um, but I, I think it, I think it was definitely. In today's time, I think if they had to re- redo that again, they would have rethought what they did because they lost a lot of good talent. You know, when they get rid of that class.
3: What was the the so you had to have a five speed manual and the engine size? It was small blocks, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was a three hundred fifty eight inch small block. Um, and 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 at the time, Bobby, it had it had Ford involved. You know, Ford was involved. Yeah, Chrysler was involved. Jim um, was involved. We had you know. I I know Jerry Haas worked hard on, on, on lifting that, that deal off the ground. Um, And I just, I was, it was a magnet to me because it was a performance category, you know, and at at the time, you know, I I was about challenging myself. You know, I said, man, I've won won four championships. You know, let me, let me, let me challenge myself. Let me get, let me, let me go where, where where I'm scared to go. Um, So that's, you know, when that class came out, I was like, this is me, you know, this is this is where this is where I want to be.
3: No, it sounds cool now. I mean, with those kind of rules, like older me is is very, you know, intrigued by that three fifty eight yeah. oh, screamers going down the track. Yeah, I just yes. I was too, I was like I, these cars don't go fast yeah. like they're trucks. I don't,
0: yeah. I don't get it. I I felt like back in the day, you know how fast we were running compared to the pro stock cars. I was like. You know, I looked at the Pro Stock guys, oh, these old guys, they don't get it. You know, we're over here turning these things 10.5, 10.6. You know, back then, you know, nobody had Spintrons or knew anything about, you know, valve training, we were slinging it off the head and, you know, patching up trying to figure out how to keep this thing alive. And, you know, I kept looking at the Pro Stock guys going, man, this guy's only turning like 8,000 RPM or 9,000 RPM. We need to get over there and try that so we can, you know, because, you know, my dad always preached to me, he says, kid, because the one that can turn the most RPM is going to be the one that wins. You know, so I was just on a mission. He just planted that seed in this young guy. So I'm just wide open trying to figure out how to get the same to turn of the moon.
3: <laughs> what did you learn? What can you share with us? Um, as far as back then
0: it is, is you had to have the valve as light as you could have it. You know, nobody had a spentron and, and, and we learned that, that the valve spring pressure was, you know, the major key of it. In other words, you, you, you. You know, we learned back then by accident, we set up a spring at Coalbine, you know, where the spring was like literally coal binding and this thing would turn like 500 RPM higher. So, and it was just strictly, you know, as you go through your career, if you live long well enough on, and whatever you do, you learn things by mistake. Um, and that was a mistake we had made and we were like, holy cow, we just picked up three miles an hour. And it was just keeping the valve train under control at those engine speeds.
2: Sorry. So I have a question i guess as far as how did the how did the engine shop play into this like when did you start doing that and then
0: um i started you know my my, my dad was you know 100 military and then um he was an instructor uh military police instructor so he was basically a teacher when he got out he started teaching auto mechanics so growing up you know my family my dad never believed in in you know stepping out on your own and having a business or he felt like you needed to, you know, you know, be a good citizen and, and either teach or go in the military. And I was like, dad, he goes, I, I, I want to do my own deal. You know, which he thought I was absolutely nuts, you know, when I started this. And so I actually started out just doing cylinder heads um, in my dad's carport in the 80s, literally I have pictures of that, grinding on cylinder heads and bought one of the first little super flow head flow benches. Uh, back in the early 80s so that's where i started with Summerheads heads and just one thing that other you know i wanted to understand how this you know how this engine worked and, um that's how
2: it all got started well the, the crazy thing is you're still teaching like it sounds just from the brief conversation it's, it's, we've it's, had
0: it's a different way It yeah totally totally different way um you know i i, I, I tell lance hey, i'm not a good teacher but if you listen when i talk there'll be bits and pieces you pick up you know um, my my dad was an excellent teacher, but I'm I'm horrible. You know, I'll just I'll just sit here and rant along, and he'll be like, "Why'd you say that?" I'll watch well, just how you got to do it. It's
2: <laughs> so. so like the shop now. How many employees? Like how was that? When did there's, it really? There's
0: there's there's five guys here. When
2: did you know, that really go guys. full scale? Like, do you feel like it? You got carried away at some uh, point, or
0: I gotta tell you guys, it, it, it it's 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 a full circle for me. So I started this out real small and then started building engines for customers and then got bigger and then and then I fell in love with Pro Stock. So and then and then I realized that hey this is consuming me. If I if I can't give a customer 100 percent I can't do it. You know so and, and my dreams were were to try to want to race and pro stock. That was that was my goal. So I was like I told all of my customers I said look you, you you gotta gotta give me some time. Let let me let me live out what I want to live out. So we uh we kind of pull back on the customers and we went full steam forward on pro stock, you know, and, and back then, you know, I, 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 raced with, with Jenkins and I raced with Glidden, uh, great fan, great friends with Bob, love Bob. I love Bob to death. I, 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 I seen how he worked and I said, that's what I got to do. I've got to outwork everybody. So that's kind of, you know, that consumed me. So the engine side of us doing customer styles and, uh, you know, Aaron, the whole time was like, dad, why aren't you helping everybody? And I was like, kid, these guys are out working me. I've got to work harder, you know? So um, luckily enough, I had enough sponsorship money um, to be able to to do that for a few years. And then uh, once I realized that that Aaron wanted to get involved, and, and I was like, you know, it's time for me to to help people. So that's how I got back into building, building motors for customers.
2: How many do you build a year? I mean, is that a? Do you have a number? Or do you still want more or are you pretty much tapped? Right out?
0: now, right now I think he's got thirty or forty on the board. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's uh you know work ethics are are you know and and I and I appreciate these young guys, you know. I said you're never gonna succeed, you know, unless you work hard. So what's uh yeah,
3: Aaron working there, yeah, Connor Statler. Connor, uh, who Colin, also on... My brother. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. 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 My, my brother's here. Um, yeah, we've got, uh, we're bringing on, uh, Dean Underwood, uh, first of the year, which is, uh, he used to work for Alan Johnson, his pro stock team. So he's growing. I just preach to him, you know, crawl before you, before you walk and walk before you run. So, uh, just make sure, you know, you don't leave anybody behind, you know, if you, if you sign on to help somebody, you know, you follow through with it.
2: What, uh, Now we're gonna dig for free advice. So
0: come on, I'm here.
2: What would you? What would be your advice to the guy out there now that's just trying to trying to pick up some horsepower? You know, he's not can't run with the big guys, but he's growing and he's trying to get a little better. I mean, what's some basic places to look at and virtually it's kind of universal.
0: Here, here's here's what I've done for people is like so if you don't have the money, you know, to 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 buy the thirty thousand or forty thousand hour engine. And, and you want to do this and and what i've tried to do is, is i'll help people you know hey let me hone your block let me get you a ring package uh, let me help you you know guide you with your cylinder heads you know stuff you're doing your camshaft just let me help guide you in a direction um that's that you need to head you know that street you need to go down um that's 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 what i've tried to do some of the guys that, that you know don't have the funding but want to run better
2: so don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call
0: if you need to call me, call me. My phone rings all day long.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they 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 you know and and I enjoy it guys. When when I'm at the races, you know, um, you know, everybody's like, Man, how do you do it? And I was like, I'm here, I'm here to give back, you know.
2: Is it true that you fixed your customers' cars for them in the pits if there's a problem? If we
0: have to, absolutely. We will do it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that, and they're like, "Yeah, we had a problem, and they went and got it, and like not come fix it or show us how to fix it." Literally, the car was gone. We fixed it, got it put back together, and I'm like,
0: "Yeah, what? Whatever. We're if 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 there if it's in our power and we can help you, we're gonna help you."
2: Roadside service with a smile. How can you go wrong? It's in our power. We're gonna do it. Yep.
0: May not the outcome may not be perfect for everything, but we're gonna we're gonna try as hard as we can to to you know make things where where it goes down a racetrack, you know.
3: Yeah, it's all you can ask.
0: Yeah. I, I and, and there's been multiple situations where you know where we've done that. You know, um I I I, you know, it's the never quit attitude. You can't quit. We're not we're not giving up, you know.
3: No, I, I just I see that sometimes at the track. I see them somebody's broken, loading their car in the trailer and leaving. I'm like, what are you doing? You won that round. Come on, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's figure this
0: out as quick as we can figure it out. Guys, let's, 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 you know, it's all, you know, rally up here and, and, and figure this out, you know, and that's what's, that's the cool part about, you know, sports and racing. Everybody helps everybody.
3: Yeah, definitely. Like you, I mean, you, you even said sportsman for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and, and if you ever need to buy some driving, if I can help, I'm here.
3: And I wish you lived closer. Get out of there.
0: Get out of there. Go up to the cold, <laughs> will you? I've always said I've always said I want to do a driving school.
3: Well, you should. Everybody's doing them yeah. now, right? So Yeah, I've always said it. No, do an engine building school. Do a <clears> uh <throat> what are they called? Master course or something? You can you can do that. You can do that right hey, somebody... from that chair right there.
0: <laughs> All right, guys.
2: <laughs> He's doing a master class while drinking bush light. There we go. We'll get <laughs> the sponsor, we'll bring them in to sponsor it.
0: Guys, that's the nastiest beer ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just remember the commercials from the eighties. It just makes me feel like a little kid again. my brother back.
0: was a, my brother was a big Harvey fan. So it's, you know, that's where the Bush come from. So. All
3: right. Use so we got to amp. lighten up, lighten up the valve train as much as possible. <clears throat> across,
0: uh, well, we'll springs, spring. close, closer to coil <laughs> yeah. bind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a happy spot there, you know, 70,000, full bind sometimes is a happy number um you just want to have you want to have the pressures tailored to the camshaft right and the engine speeds you you don't want to overspring it because if you overspring it you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt the performance so you want just enough spring on it to do the job you know that's 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 my theory on on the valve training
2: what about what about camshafts like to me who's like i understand how a camshaft works but i do not understand the voodoo ways of picking like, simplify so, that, make that make it sound.
0: Yes. So, the camp the camp channel is going to be tailored to the engine, right? So, just just say, stock and limit air <clears throat> give an example, just say, you know, small block or big block, you know, that's limited to 500,000 lift or 400,000 lift, whatever that number is, right? So, we, we know the cylinder head flows really good up until a certain point, and we're limited on lift, right? So, if we're limited to 440,000 lift, the trick is, is you want to get that valve to 440,000 slip as quick as you can and hold that valve open as long as you can, and then slam it shut. In the whole meantime, you got to control over the valve spring.
3: Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's where I'm having issues right now. So, so, I have to speak so I'm, and, I'm going through the finish line and I've over it at this point. And still, you know, in my stock Eliminator Mustang 5.0, 444 mm-hmm. lift. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, it, it just right at the finish line. You can hear it. It's like, but it's flat like z-
1: z- z- z-, yeah, like it's enough. you're trying
0: to float the vowels probably.
3: Well, it's yeah. So that, that's again the heads are off again and trying to figure this out. So flat tapping. Maybe or getting forward? a set of small block forward heads in the mail soon. Come on,
0: <laughs> we work on all types engines here.
3: With hydraulic uh, roller lifters, but now the the rules have changed in stock. I think I can switch to a, uh, a solid roller, and uh, I'm kind of entertaining that idea. But then again, I, new push rod, like the whole everything changes again. So, I guess it depends on how much you know. You right. Spend here.
2: What about do you do you lock out your hydraulic rollers, or do you bottom them out, or do you lock them out?
0: Well, at, at any time you can get away from a hydraulic standpoint. Do it. Right. So if you if you don't have the money to to buy the solid, you know, lifter or whatever, you can shim that. You can take the lifter apart, you know, and shim it up to where it's solid. Does that make sense? Yep. So I I think that will help, you know, increase the RPM. That's you know, that's what we did, you know, back in the day was try to, you know, get as much of the hydraulic part of it out of it, you know, and, and have as much solid as we could have. So you can take your existing lifter and and build shims for it if you can't afford, you know, a new set of yeah. lifters.
3: And and most of us, I mean, Joe Sherman, who I think was a, a down uh, down there, um, did that. Sherman worked the hydraulic lifters for a lot of guys and mm-hmm. up. Yep. and um, yep, that's where I'm at. I don't want to tell. Everybody knows my combo now, but
0: it's one the most secrets in drag racing. <laughs>
3: It's gotta be
2: interesting, like how you've watched the technology coming from the pro stock side and now just watching people build stuff. Like, are we 10 years behind 15 years behind? Like how crazy is the technology kind of came from what you were doing? I
0: I've been so blessed, you know, to, to see it from the, you know, kind of the early ages and then where it's at now, but I I have not, I, yeah, I have not been exposed to NASCAR teams or, or any of that stuff. So I've had to really learn on my own um on, on how things work. And, and and I think if everybody would you know really just study study the parts and, and try to understand you know the mechanics of it, I think that's the part that that you know helps people. You know, just like Bobby's having a problem with his engine speed. Well he's got a hydraulic lifter, you know, over roller. Well, I, I think that's the green light just turned on night now he's got direction, right, to, to fix his problem. Um but the but I, I've learned I, I have not stopped learning, just so y'all know. Um, I'm, I'm always learning. I'm always trying, and and sometimes you got to get outside the box to really open your eyes up. Of you know, you know, I was a, I was an NA guy for years, and then you know when Aaron come along, Dad, I want to run top jacks, I don't know nothing about nitrous, and he goes, I don't care. We're gonna learn, you know. So that opened my eyes up on how that worked, and then you know he's like, let's let's run, you know, let's get involved in this factory class and put the blower. So that's a whole nother learning process. So being the years I've got to do all this, it's been, it's, it's been really cool to experience all the different stuff and and how the different style engines work, what works in one platform doesn't necessarily work in another. So that's been the, you know, the education on, on all of it.
3: What's the most common mistake all of us are making? Is there something there you can think of?
0: On building an engine? Yeah. Well, I I think, you know, I'm a big promoter on ring seal, um, you know, because at the end of the day, this thing's a pump, right? You know, it's, you know, so if you, you know, you really need to focus on sealing the engine up um, to get the blow by where it's, you know, manageable. And it seems like, Bobby, when you guys get the engine sealed up, the engines are happy. They're They're not pissed off. You know, when these things aren't sealed up and they're all and they're really mad. You know, I, I preach to these boys every day. Look, guys, two things hurt these engines, water and oil. So you gotta keep the water out of it, keep the oil out of it. So and, and that, that goes back down to you know make sure the heads don't leak and um you know, make sure the head gaskets are sealed and 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 uh making sure the engine's sealed up. You want you want the engine sealed up perfect with the least amount of ring tension
3: do you like the gapless rings
0: or not the gapless rings work in certain uh certain applications so you know just say if, if you're you know if you're building or we're, we're doing a tutorial class here <laughs> so if you're if you're building your super stock engine right and and you're you're allowed the gas port strongly against a gas port a, a gapless rain uh, let, let the gas port do its job right so um, when you when you when you put a gapless ring in one, that builds cylinder pressure. It's artificial ring seal. It's not necessarily. It'll crutch your home job, right? It'll crutch a lot of things that that aren't right, you know. So, um, it's just it, it, it works in different applications.
3: Okay, so we can, can talk in stock where about you're not it. allowed to to guess. Gasp- I don't think you're allowed to guess port pistons in stock. Not the right? pistons, but you're allowed to guess for the ring. Okay, laterally. Yep. All right, so then again, gas port the ring rather than go to the gapless. So gapless is more of a, a crutch in your opinion.
0: It it works in certain applications. So if you have a block, you know, that the, the cylinder walls aren't stable or not stand round, you know what I mean? In certain applications, I would say, if you, if you called me today, you said, Mr. Greg, I, I've got aluminum block. Uh, it's got this particular sleeve in it. And this thing, you know, it's, have them blow by. I'm going to tell you, hey guys, let's put a gapless ring in it, and we're going to help the situation.
2: So when my uh, car burns seven quarts of oil and whatever it was, 26 passes in St. Louis for the big money race, <laughs> the classic uh, work with man's. I'm always talking to Mike on the phone. And he's like, "Well, that shouldn't be hard to improve on." Like, I went like, oh, the fastest I've ever went. No, it was great air, but yeah, we were a little hard on oil consumption. we know just. He's like, "Oh, if it's smoking, it's happy." I'm like way i would have been a lot happier
3: that that
0: inspired
2: me to try again i guess
0: well when you when you get yourself in certain weather conditions like really extremely good weather conditions it makes up for the lack of ring seal or 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 lack of torque you know ring seal creates torque it's pulling power so and the cars that we run that are heavy uh need ring seal to to pull the car
2: yeah i could uh I could expand on a lot of things that were not done correctly. Yeah, uh, engine builders, it...
0: intake intake gasket leaking, valve guides leaking. You know, you just have to see where the you know where the wall's coming from, whether it's below or above, you know, above the <laughs> piston. Main thing is you want to keep the chamber as dry as you can keep it.
2: We'll just say there are some structural deficiencies <laughs> that the uh, assembler missed. You know, like. <laughs> standard bearings and a 10 under crank there's a lot of reasons that that car should not even run but hey made it to the barren, semi so
0: bearing bearing clearances are critical in my book yeah. very critical so, how about
3: for the leaking the leaking heads do you have a fix for that special yes
0: yes the answer is yes okay so so if you're if you're at the races with a stocker and super stalker and uh, you have a water leak in your heads um, there's a stop lead called Dyke, um, which I could give you that information. You can post it for everybody. How, we, how do we spell it? Uh, I can get you a bottle. You want to hold on one second? <laughs> it's right
2: next to the bush light. I
3: mean, we got him walking miles today. It's right next to the bush light. <laughs> you can pour a bush light in the uh, yeah. in the heads.
2: You know, This isn't for drinking. You put it in the radiator.
3: In it. See this. Yes.
0: Okay, this right here is an incredible stop leak. Spring pockets, cracked heads, it works. Firmly it. And actually, this stuff was designed for airplanes, water-cooled airplane engines. So.
3: Excellent. All right.
0: Product of the product of the day. That will help your water leak. If you're at the races and you're in a bind, I have bottles in my trailer. I pass them out. All
2: right. Jesus, <laughs>
0: they should have a sticker on
2: the. you better have a sticker on the car.
1: Does it cause, cause any long-term effects?
0: You do not want to put a whole bunch in it because you will have to clean the radiator out. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it will, it will fix a stop. It will get you through the race. Yeah.
3: I'm sure it's not that.
0: something, it's not something you want and it, to, and it has some longevity to it. Once you just say you have a cracked runner, um, it has, it does have longevity to it. It'll last for a little while.
3: Flush the radiator out at the end of the day.
0: You don't have to at the end of the day. Probably the end of the year. You just look at the circulation through the through the, you know the radiator. It it just seems to go to the leak and it stops it. I don't know how it does it, but it, it definitely does. Interesting. It'll stop a water pump from leaking, which is incredible.
2: Wow. Well, that's like almost as good as the flexi seal stuff you see in the. You could have this.
0: It, it is. It is. That's a hidden secret right there. I just shared a big secret.
2: <laughs> you have to do that's an infomercial. Point.
0: There's there's no secrets in drag race.
1: <laughs> Not
2: anymore. <laughs> Well, we're trying to Bruce uncover them or... one at a time.
0: Yeah. Well, if I can give back to you guys what what I've gained, I'm all good.
3: You're giving back by, just by being here today, and we appreciate that. Yep. What are you doing when you're not racing, Greg? Are you, are you a golfer? Or? You seem like a very I, calm guy. I could see you. I, you know. I,
0: I uh, do not golf. Um, very little fishing. I, I I do this, guys. This is what I do. My brain never stops. You can ask my wife. She'll say, what is wrong with you? I'll be up at four o'clock in the morning. and I'll have an idea and I'll write it down.
2: No, she said, what's wrong with you? Cause you turned the lights on when to write it down.
0: Yeah, Like what's, so I'm over here. I've got the notepad out and I'm writing. She goes, why don't you put that in your phone? That's why I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: awesome.
0: It was really bad when I was pro stock racing because my, you know, just, i i think i think the biggest thing is is, is being driven you know so you, you have to figure out what you what you're trying to chase you know so and and being being
2: consistent give us the most embarrassing story that you can share with about aaron
0: oh god about aaron <laughs> like him driving a race car
2: uh, just the most embarrassing thing you can say out loud probably Oh boy,
0: there's a couple of them. I'll <laughs> take a good one. Here, just shoot one
2: out. Don't this. think about it too much.
0: He's he's gonna get mad at this one. He's really when he sees this. Okay, so I'm in Charlotte running Pro Stock, and and Aaron and my brother were, were running top draft for one of his first races at a Lucas Oil Racing Division Four, and uh, he's actually running the Super. He's running two cars and my brother, which I told him they were crazy. So, I think it's first round. He's got Strickland. First round. I'm thinking maybe this story, and and uh, so he backs up from his burnout. And he's pulling forward, and on the start line, he hits the parachute button. <laughs> and my brother is standing behind the car, and the parachutes go around his feet. <laughs> so they said my brother was doing a two step trying to get off the shoes before the car took off. Oh my god! Yep, that was that was Aaron's highlight. You know. <laughs> his first top dragster race
3: <laughs> oh that should have been on video yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
3: we'll have it's to have aaron better. come on and tell and well then aaron can come on and give us an embarrassing story about you when we
0: yeah he can I mean, yeah i've had plenty <laughs>
3: <laughs> what's your plans for uh 2022
0: um i'm gonna help aaron with a showdown deal and and uh, watch him race pro stock and you know, I, I don't think he's gonna run top dragster as much um because I think they're going to focus on trying to get this new class off the ground. I think that's the plan. Um, Man, I, I never intended on running for a championship this year. I never, you know. And, um, They're all like, oh, oh man, you're going to get out here and do it again. And I was like, I don't, the tank is getting empty, guys. <laughs> so, I don't know. We're going to go have some fun,
3: you know, see where it goes. You can't be that old, Greg. How old are you? 57. Oh, you still got 30 more years of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if if Corda's still going, you can still go.
3: Yeah.
0: I've, I've won hard over the years, extremely hard. And, and I enjoy helping other people. You know, it's when you drive a race car for 30 or 40 years and then you stand outside and you watch, you're like, man, this is cool out here. watching, getting up on the start line and, you know, or even getting at the finish line and watching the stock and super stock guys go at it. It is just, it's a different feeling outside watching than it is driving you know because when you're driving you're so in in, into what you're trying to you know trying to do so you're not you're not you know it's just a different different feeling outside and especially when you're watching you know your kid kid race so that's uh that's been huge
2: all right so of all the customers you build motors for in stock and super stock who does the best burnouts who do you hate to see them do burnouts knowing that you're going to have to do their valve springs a little sooner
0: oh that's craig that's Craig. It's John Force Jr.
2: Oh boy. She Miss Sheila's gonna be trying a lot harder this year. I can yeah, see it
3: already. Craig.
0: <laughs> oh, we love Craig. He does a great job and he's come a long ways and uh we're proud to help him.
3: And he's another one. Roaster's coffee right at the beginning Roaster. of the episode.
0: I think I think we've got to get some Stampede Racing there too. we got to help Bobby get faster.
3: Yes. All right. <laughs> Who's gonna give him the Chevy? He, we might can convert him over. I he, want Craig's old uh, Chevy too, but somebody else already has it. I'll get him right? one of those. Yes. I'll, I'll get him one of those it, in a heartbeat. I'd, I'd let him drive my
2: car, but he can't see over the steering wheel.
3: <laughs> yeah, I sat in it. It was tough. He can drive Aaron's cars. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's not. He's he's not that much taller than me, right?
0: Uh, he's he's a, he's he's like his, he's got his mom's side.
3: You know, I'm kind
2: of disappointed in Aaron because he said, he actually posted, we already have a schedule planned out, so he is following this, and he didn't just come, like, busting through the door, so we need a little bit more embarrassing of a story. All of a sudden, the internet shuts off, that kind of story.
0: I've been waiting on Aaron to come through here and say, you got work to do, old man. (laughs) They
2: they probably got you locked in there to keep you out while they're doing what they're doing.
0: They do. I don't complain a whole lot. I'm just, I'm I'm a leaning post around here.
3: (laughs) We need more of that up here in the, in the East coast, Italian side, we, uh, we're high volume and fast paced. It seems a little more relaxed down there. I think I need to change it up a bit. Oh, well, awesome. Greg, we, we appreciate you, you know, leaving Good all the work too. to your son right now and joining us for, for the day, for the morning and uh, wish you luck in 2022 here with whatever you decide to do i mean you're probably going to sit back really not make a plan and then go out and i don't know win a world championship again because you feel like it but uh it's good luck with everything you do uh good luck building you know the 40 engines you got your 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 business is doing well your son won a world championship you won a world championship everything is is going great for you so we hope it keeps going
0: we have truly been blessed that's for sure um you know, not not a lot of people can enjoy doing what they're going for a living, and uh, we surely do.
2: And for the listeners out there listening, don't feel free or feel free to give Greg a call and see how he can help you out. And at least
0: if I'm at the races, am I, if I'm ever at the races, and anybody has a problem or has a question, if I can answer it, I'm
3: here. All right, there you have it. Always willing to help. We won't post his phone number on online on the uh, episode right now, so don't. Uh, you can
0: post Aaron's.
3: <laughs> 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 don't tempt us. Uh, and tell Aaron we want to have him on uh, eventually uh, to talk more about factory stock and his plans for next year and the absolutely FX as well.
0: Any anytime, guys. This has been fun, and uh, I've enjoyed it.
3: All right. Well, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Brian, and Craig.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh... Christmas is uh, between this episode and the next, so you guys uh, have a Merry Christmas across the board. And thanks for hanging out with us, Greg. Have a great day. Have a happy new year yes, and, Merry so.
0: and Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Thank uh, you all.
1: Bobby and Brian, we'll see the same. ClassRacingToday.com. Also, thank you uh, for those of you that sent some stars on the Facebook feed today. We appreciate that. That's another way you can throw a little value toward the show. ClassRacingToday.com classracingtoday at gmail.com have a great day have a merry christmas and a happy new year we will see you all on the next one